Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Jennifer English. I'm the editor-at-large of Food and Beverage Magazine, and I've got to really get a grip on it because I am so excited. We have the opportunity to talk to a Hall of Famer today. And as far as I'm concerned, he's a triple Hall of Famer. Sammy Hagar was best known, perhaps, to most people as one of the legends of Van Halen making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that pales in comparison to the giant impact he's had on our industry, the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. He was the first. He is a pioneer of celebrity spirits. I hope that every celebrity that has gone on and followed in his footsteps did two things. One, they figured out very quickly how not as easy as Sammy made it look, it actually is. And two, they send him a royalty because he invented a category. He is a true innovator. Not only is he a Hall of Famer for music, but he should be a Hall of Famer for the hospitality industry and the spirits industry. And if anybody could start a spirits industry Hall of Fame, it should be Michael Pulitz and our friends at Proof Magazine. But I am so excited to introduce and welcome to Food and Beverage Magazine Live the one and only Sammy Hagar, with his newest project, Santo. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to take a sip and a brand new innovation from an innovator. What else would you expect? Have you ever had mezquila? Well, we're going to try some today with the man who is behind it all, Sammy Hagar, living legend. Welcome. Well, Jennifer, I hope this interview, I can live up to that introduction. Let me tell you, darling, that was very sweet, and I'm flattered. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun. I love I love this this crazy whacked out world of making spirits and and building a brand and seeing it take off. And it's almost like when you, when I make when I write songs and you get in your car and you turn on the radio and you hear yourself. They say, "Hey, coming up next, you know, Sammy Hagar's new single." And you hear yourself, "Oh my God, that's so cool!" It's like walking into same feeling when you walk into a bar and you look on the back shelf and there's your, oh, there you are. there's your, um, you know, it's really wonderful. I love that it. That is so awesome. I got it. I would be remiss if we didn't take a quick tour through rock and roll. One of the things I have always marveled at and, and really appreciated and respected about you is not only your musicality, but your vitality. You make music with an exuberance that is so distinctive. It speaks both to your California roots 
but it also speaks to the freedom of your spirit and the limitlessness which you were born with and you are still testing the limitlessness of it. I want to talk about what you do in music and how you were able to to take all that limitlessness and vitality and bring it into the music that you still make today and have always made in your career, that Hall of Fame career of yours. Talk about that vitality and energy. It's it's unparalleled in the industry. Well, as silly as it sounds, I'm a shy person. I'm not on stage by any means, but I really am. And my style of performing on stage is where, to me, it all came from. I, 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 I became a stage performer before I became a, a big rec- recording artist. I recorded records, but I was selling out arenas, and I didn't have that gold record yet at one time. But, you know, it, it's because I'm nervous. And when I get on stage, I don't know what else to do except for run around and jump off things. And my energy level comes up so high because I'm, I'm a wreck, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I believe it or not, it's true. And that's where my style of performing comes from. I used to tell my manager before every tour, I'd say, I'm not going to jump around. I wear myself out like that this tour. I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to stand there and sing and get respect for my guitar playing and for my vocals and for my beautiful songs I write. And he's going, good luck with that. Because he knew the second (laughs) the the curtain opened there, I went, where is he? So it's just just part of my nature, you know. And music's been my my, uh, vehicle, you know, that that allows me to get out there and do it. I want to say... I really love and respect your work as an artist. Can you talk briefly mm-hmm. about being an artist with a capital F fine art? Because I happen to believe that the tequila that you are making now and the hospitality side of your world is a capital F fine art as well. And the way Tony Bennett sings and paints, you sing and you have hospitality. They're both in the capital F fine arts. Can you speak about being an artist and, and talk about how you think and feel and your philosophy of being an artist. Wow. You, this, you're going to go deep on me here, Jennifer. It, you know, art is something that you, I think you're born with. I, I, I think you can, you can go to school and study art and you can practice all the time. Uh, you know, pick up the guitar, for instance, or a painter or you know, whatever your, your form of art is. And, you know, practice makes perfect. You can work on it, you work on it, you work on it. And then some kid comes along, you know, seven years old, picks up the guitar, and he just like Eddie Van Halen overnight. You know, it's like you go, well, this kid's got some special gifts. I know I have a special gift, and is what it is, is I don't get in my own way. I think of ideas and I and I I I don't see a downside. You know, I don't sit there and say, Oh God, what if it oh gee, maybe I just go pow, right straight forward. And I have, I was born with a good palate. My grandfather was a great chef. My mother was a great chef and I'm a pretty good chef. And most of my friends are chefs. So my nose and my palate, when I walked into my grandpa's trailer as a kid, he had salami hanging that he made, you know, and cheese hanging that he made and a big pot of pasta, spaghetti sauce on the stove. Nice. I knew it smelled like, and I knew it was going to taste like, and if something don't smell that good, uh, I know it's not going to taste that good. So anyway, I, I just was gifted with a good palate. So when I make a product, same, or write a song, I want it to be a great song. I don't want to just make an exercise. Ah, here's a song, piece of crap. Uh, I try to hone my craft down and make a great song. When I write it, it has to have heart and soul. It has to be feeling. And the same thing with my products. When I make a uh, something, I, I'm out to make the best taste in tequila in the world. I'm out to make the best taste in rum in the world. I'm not out to say, 
well, I want to be the biggest and I want to get richer. I could care less about all that stuff. Guy Fietti, my partner, feels the same way. We argue with our partners sometimes because they say, well, we got to get that in Yahoo out. You know, it's been in the back barrel for 18 months. We're losing money. I'm going, we're not losing nothing. And, it, and until that is the best in Yahoo on the planet, it's not coming out of them barrels. We just made that decision last week. And Guy oh, and nice. I like Congratulations. Yeah. Let's just talk about, about let's talk about the fact that you are an innovator in everything that you do. Your limitlessness that we've identified that you've had your whole life, your superpower, it allowed you to do something that nobody had ever done. You actually were one of the first to become a celebrated spirits producer. And you didn't just put your name on a product. You really became a master of your craft once again arguably heading for the Hall of Fame. Talk a little bit about what gave you the opportunity and how you had to convince people that, that this was something that was not only worth doing, but that you were going to make something and really make a difference. Well, when I, I got into it first, like you said, I, back in 1987, uh, 88, I, I built the Cabo Wabo and I was uh, I wrote the song Cabo Wobble with Van Halen. I started building the Cabo Wobble. And when I went down to Guadalajara to buy furniture for it, you know, guys, said, oh, you got to get some cool furniture for the inside of this place. So we went to Guadalajara and they said, hey, let's take a trip over to Tequila. I said, OK. And we went over to Tequila, to Jalisco, and we went to a few distilleries and I tasted 100 percent agave back before anyone knew what it was. You know, back then, everyone was drinking the stuff with the worm in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh you know, mixed though. And so when I tasted 100% agave, it blew my mind. I have a palate. Like I said, I'm going, I've never tasted. This is tequila. You know, everybody talks about how sick you get on it. So long story short, I said, when I open the Cabo Wobble, I want to get my own tequila. So we went looking around and uh, the Rivera family were kind enough to take me serious. They said, you bring me the bottles. We'll put the tequila in it. I, and I said, okay. So I went, got these hand-blown bottles that were... <laughs> They were pretty rough. You know, you put the cork, say, oh, cork don't fit. Can't use that one. <laughs> it was all handmade. And, you know, did my first 50 cases and for the Cabo Wabo. And then somebody tasted Andrew Diaz Blue, uh, tasted it and said it's the best tequila in the world. And somebody called me up and says, you want to bring it to America? I'm going, sure, <laughs> you know. And it was really a lot of luck involved, but it was the best tequila in the world at that time. These guys were farmers that were growing Big, beautiful agaves for Haradura and Salsa and Cuevo. They were, they were farmers. They had thousands of acres of, of agave. And then they had their own little 20 cases they made from the finest agave. So that one's ours, you know. And and that's what I end up, that's what Cabo Wabo is. And, uh, I, I want to go back and celebrate that a little bit more because one of the things that you did, we got to go back. Tequila is not the tequila we know today. In fact, it is one of the fastest growing spirits in the industry. It's tough for the world to keep up with the agave demand. They're looking at agave uh, planting all over the world in similar climates to that of Jalisco, Mexico. And it's all because you literally turned us on to what it could be. And for that, I mean, that's Hall of Fame worthy right there. You introduced us to the best uh, expression, an irresistible tequila. Uh, thank God you have such a good palate because you've given us extraordinary things. Would you talk a little bit about the journey from those early days to today? Tequila and mezcal are now the most 
prized and in demand. They're appreciated. There's the Agave Heritage Festival. We love agave. Uh, this is something that has really become a big thing, and it's giving whiskey a run for the money, which no one predicted it ever would. And yet, here you are, once again, introducing us to innovation. Can you talk a little bit about how this journey got us to Santo? Yeah. Um, you know, after I, um, when I was building Cabo Wabo back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, agave was so cheap. I mean, it was unbelievably cheap. And and while I, in the seven or eight years I built it before I sold it, it quadrupled. Like every now and then it just jumped, it jumped again, jumped again, double, double. And and when I sold it, it was starting to become a trend where everybody was trying to make tequila, especially after I sold it for so a crazy amount of money with that that time. Now people have done it again. But at the time I was going, what? I didn't know anybody had that much money. You know what I mean? Right, so right. so um, the, the people got jumped in the game. And now there's so there's probably 350 new tequilas on the market and they're starting to pick the gummy smaller. So when I, when I, my non-compete was up with Grupo Campari, who wonderful people that bought Kawa Wobble. Uh, I said, I want to make tequila again. But then I said, ah, it's too crazy right now. It's so expensive. You know, the price is going to go up and it's hard to find good agaves. People are using three-year-old, four-year-old agaves now, putting sugar in them, putting sweetener in her. You know, so I didn't want to do that. So I said, I'm going to make mezcal, you know. And I went down to Oaxaca, which I'd been there before. And I started tasting all these artisanal mezcals. And... The better the mezcal was to the people that were, you know, taking me around. Oh, this is the one. For me, it was the worst. It was like, whoo, that one tastes like they burned the house down. They, and, and the people were in it. And the farm animals were in there. And the car was in the garage with rubber tires on it. And they, and they burned the guy on that. And they make this smoky stuff. And it was, so I said, no, nah, I don't want to make mezcal. It's too, too harsh for me. I, I don't smoke cigars, for, for instance. And. It's like smoking a cigar. So long story short, I said, I'm going to try a hybrid. So I went back to my old producers, Juan Eduardo from uh, the El Vajito people that started with my first Cabo Wobble bottle. And I said, Juan, Juan, what if we blend it? He goes, oh, you can't blend it. Oh, no, 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 please, please. You know, like, oh, God, you know, he'll, they'll put us in prison. <laughs> so I go to my Oaxaca friends. Hey, well, bring the tequila over here. Can you guys blend it? No, 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 no. Don't bring tequila over here. So it was really hard. It took me about a year to get people to mess with it and try it. And then, then when we tried it, if you put tequila and mezcal together, it don't taste like this. No, it does you, not. It doesn't blend. It's like oil and water. But Juan Eduardo find, finally, after about six months of 60, 40, 30, 20, I mean, all these different things, he said, you know, I think I found it. He goes, this doesn't taste like tequila and this doesn't taste like mezcal. This tastes like mezcal. And there it was born. Because when I told him the name Mesquila, he thought, ah, it's a nice name. It's clever. And the government said, then the government said, no, you can't make Mesquila. I said, why not? I said, there's no such thing. I said, yes, there is. Here's what it looks like. <laughs> Taste it. And anyway, I convinced everyone. It was like a, a couple years in the making that we could do a blend. And Juan Eduardo found some secret to make it blend to where it tastes like Mesquila instead of like yeah, lousy Mescal or lousy tequila. But it's the same tequila that I use for the Blanco and for the Reposado that we blend it with a nice Espadine uh, Mezcal. And it's the world's first. You know, every every bar you go into, man, you look at their list. Everybody's got a smoky 
oh, it's a mezcal. It's got a, you know, mezcal and tequila, or it's just mezcal for a double smoky, you know, the salty and, and, and chili rim, which I love with mezcal. And I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make it in a bottle. You're just going to have to make a regular margarita with this and you have a smoky and a one that's pleasant that my wife can drink. Because when I try to get my wife to drink mezcal in the she goes, oh my God, how can you drink that stuff? <laughs> I like to appeal to the ladies. If you're, hey, listen, if your lady's not happy, you're not going to be happy. Let's talk about the extraordinary and distinctive profile that you've crafted. It's beautiful as a sipper, but it also really blends magnificently. If you're doing a mezquilarita, if you're doing a version of a Paloma, it is so citrus friendly, but it's also fresh herb friendly. I've been playing around with this. This is a really yeah. wonderful mixer. Can you talk a it little really bit is. about its its flavor? And we'll take a little sip together if you if you can talk me through because we'll because the aroma yeah. first of all, it 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 smells like mezcal, but it doesn't smell like one of those smoke heavy mezcals that reminds you of like you know a peaty isla scotch version you know like a scotch from the helens uh a mezcal from the helens it's gonna be super smoky it really it's, has a, a subtle finesse to it on the aroma side is what it smells like to me is old-fashioned tequila because in the old days oh, they used to burn it with wood burning ovens before they you know found out about steam and all that right and it's just got just that perfect amount of smokiness yeah. you know it goes so well that smoke goes with like you ever take pineapples and and you grill them mm -hmm. i mean it, they taste wonderful you know for yeah. for in, in hawaii uh so i i like a pineapple mesquila margarita oh yeah one of my favorites uh, i like to use a little bit of orange if, and if you've ever taken orange blood orange cut it in half grill it and squeeze some of the juice of that on in, into your margarita with lime because you need a little more acid orange don't quite have enough acid but pineapple does and it's it just goes so good with those kind of uh when you uh, almost like burnt fruit you know and because it's the smoke and the burnt thing and a little bit of chili on the rim to give it a little bite and it's almost like an asian experience you know how asian food has got the big five balance it's got sugar it's got sweet it's got salt it's got heat it's got acid right that's Great food to me. Any food that has that balance, well, that's what you get when you make a margarita. And by the way, go and watch any of Sammy's cooking videos. He's got great cooking videos. You can find them all over the internet. Imagine substituting the mesquila for all these recipes. I saw one with prawns. I can't wait to try. But what we began to do was we played around a little bit with herbs. I first had the inclination to try basil, and it was delicious. But you know it was really good? And it's, yeah. it's not yeah. any surprise. You really do have a fantastic palate. Because when you said Asian flavors, basil, those kind of herbs with, with, with tequila, fantastic. I used fantastic. Thai basil and it was fantastic. The Thai basil yeah. really gave it like a sexy, like a good hard. A little more licorice. It's got a little more licorice. Yeah. It was yeah. really yeah. good. Yeah. And then we played around yeah. with yeah. mint. The Don't mint get me going. Now. I'm going to I'm gonna have to make one of these before I finish my next interview. But my people over here are telling me that time is up. Yeah. Where, did, where did that time go? Wait a minute. What happened? Get before your tattoos in. Before we let you go, have you got a new toast that you share for the Santo brand? A new toast? Yeah, do you toast and do you have a house toast for Santo? Oh, well, you want to know the truth? Yes, I do. 
I go like this. You ready? Yep. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Good luck. Sammy Hagar, thank you so much. Santos found everywhere. We'll get you all the outlets where you can get it. I wish you a lot of luck. Safe travels and keep innovating. Jennifer, thank you so much. You're a kind woman. The way you spoke about me makes me feel good about myself. God bless. Thanks for everything you've done. It's good to meet you, sir. Cheers. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Pulitz has written a must read. The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold.